KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall. Your source for classical music here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Your hometown radio station from the University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Now please sit back, relax, and enjoy as we have the privilege of taking you back in time for this next hour right here in our very own little concert hall. Hello, and welcome to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host tonight, Corbin Sturch. And tonight we'll be continuing in our topic of the music of America. You know, last week we continued in the topic looking at African-American spirituals and slave songs. Well, this week we've jumped ahead just a little bit to silent films and movie music. Now, before we go into that tonight, I have just a few quick announcements about some events that are happening this weekend here in Clarksville. First of all, here at the University of the Ozarks, we will be hosting our family weekend. So, if you're a student and you're listening tonight, don't forget to call mom and dad, let them know, hey, it's family weekend, invite them down. As you know, there's going to be a lot happening. And if you're a community member listening tonight and your mom or dad or grandma to a university student here come out. It's going to be a a fun weekend full of lots of events and things to do. Come out, see your kids, meet your kids' friends. It's it's a great event. And the theme this year is 80s. There will be a costume contest, I've been told. I don't know if that includes, uh, you know, the 80s hairband look, but I, I assume it will. So come out, dress your most 80s, and have fun. Really, it's just a fun weekend all around. Now, also this weekend, on Saturday, September 26th at 6 p.m., there will be a live music show featuring bluegrass and classic American music at the City Park in Hartman, Arkansas. The event is free and open to the public. However, you are asked to bring your own lawn chairs. Donations at the event are welcome and accepted, and concessions will be available. Now, bands to perform that night will be the Centerpoint Bluegrass, Bev King and Friends, and Tea and Company. Now, anyone interested in performing that night is welcome to come up and perform as well. They wanted to make that very clear. Now, to find the city park in Hartman, take exit 55 off of I-40 and go west on Highway 64 approximately 5 miles. Now, drugs and alcohol are not permitted and there will be security at the event, just to let you know. Now, to find out more, feel free to call the event coordinator, Joyce Carson, at 479-647-0781. Again, that is 479-647-0781. Now, I said the topic for tonight was film music. We're going to be looking mainly tonight at the music of the silent films. That's before the films we know today, which the people of the silent film era would have called a talkie. And actually, before 1927, you didn't have movies with sound. So people who were talking, you didn't hear. There was no music in the background that was played with it. It was a silent film. It was just the picture. Now... To make up for this, what films did at the time was occasionally there would be a narrator in the theater and he would be reading a script that narrated the movie or the movie actually would post the words. They would have a special scene so you could see the words that someone would have been saying so you would read it. You also at this time 
would have had a live orchestra or organist or pianist or, you know, some kind of musician actually accompanying the film to give it, you know, the sound and the background music and the entertainment that it would have needed. But before we go into silent film music in and of itself, I think it's better to start and actually looking at music of the films we would know today. So we're actually going to go ahead and look at two different films tonight. Like two different modern films tonight. The first of them coming from Harry Potter. And the music I've chosen for this is a, a piece most everyone who's seen the latest movie of the Harry Potter series would know, The Deathly Hallows Part 2. And this is the this is the theme music for the battle that happens at Hogwarts. And you know, I'm just going I've chose this so that you can sit and listen and try to see it in your mind just hearing the music. You know, cuz you won't have the video for this to see it, but you'll be able to listen and maybe it'll bring back, you know, seeing that movie. And if you haven't seen it, maybe it'll give you some idea of what was happening. That's kind of the idea we're going to be playing with tonight. The mental image that was painted with the music of these films. So I encourage you to sit back and just close your eyes and try to picture the, the Battle of Hogwarts unfolding in this, this piece. So here it is, the Battle of Hogwarts. Thank you. 
KOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello and thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. If you are just joining us tonight, you are now listening into a program that this season is looking at the music of America, and tonight we're focusing on the silent films and film music in general, really, tonight. You know, starting new and actually working backwards. So, a little different than what one would expect when talking film music, you know, starting new and going backwards, but I think a a better way to convey the message of the show tonight and doing it this way. Now, before this last, before this segment of the show, we listened to the Harry Potter Battle of Hogwarts theme that came from the Deathly Hallows' second movie. And during when the piece was playing, one of our crew members here in the studio made the comment, you know, I knew this was from Harry Potter without you having to tell me. And that really gave a good segue into, you know, our next piece we're about to listen to and the point I really wanted to make with this. And, you know, that's we associate certain sounds or themes or just different styles of music with different things. And the same is the same with film music. With films, we associate different themes or little movements or snippets of songs with different movies or different things that happen. This was very true in the Harry Potter series, for sure. You know, we see a lot of the main themes from the first, mo- first, second, and third movie show up all the way through the series. And so we really can associate what becomes that Harry Potter sound or that Harry Potter style of film music, you know, with all the different composers that made up that series of movies that theme was still there, very constant. Each composer has his own twist on it, but the theme, was, the theme was still there. Now, one set of movies that really drove home this idea of associating a sound with a movie or music with a movie is Star Wars. You know, people this day and age people, my generation and the generation before me, really know the music of Star Wars. They grew up listening to it. And whenever they hear bits from it, normally they know what movie it's from in the series, or they know what was happening when this was played, or they can tell you something that happened because of the song. This was really what movie music and film music tried to work towards. They wanted to recreate this pictorial happening in the music. So you'll see a lot of times that the music really plays into the experience of film watching. If you watch a silent film or you watch a movie without music, you're really left without a lot of emotion. It doesn't stick with you as much as a movie would with sound, with this music underneath it. And I think Star Wars is a really good example of a series that just takes you back and reminds you of what it is. You know, when you hear Star Wars, you know it's Star Wars. You know it's John Williams. Even more so, you know the John Williams Orchestra when you hear it. You've heard it in so many movies, probably at this point, with our generation, it's not funny. But when you hear this next piece, try to associate which movie it's well actually it's associated with all the movies it's actually the Star Wars theme is what Williams calls it but try to place it try to picture the rolling title that happens at the beginning of each movie and the little scenes that normally incur from each of these little snippets within the theme so here it is the Star Wars theme by John Williams enjoy 
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello and thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host tonight, Corbin Sturch. If you're just joining us, thank you again for tuning in. You are listening to what is part of our Music of America series as we're looking tonight at film music. Specifically the music now of silent films. If you've been listening, you've just heard music from two films, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the theme from the Hogwarts battle, or the Hogwarts battle theme, as it's actually called, and then the Star Wars theme, you know, the theme music from the Star Wars series. And re- we've been talking tonight about how, you know, those those themes, those songs are iconic, and how music can really stick with you from movies, and how it really alters your experience, and how, you know, this music brings back mental images of what's actually happening. That's been true of movie music since the beginning, actually. It's a staple part of it. Now, one of the silent films that's really withstood the test of time that most people don't realize was a silent film originally is The Wizard of Oz. It was released in 1925, which was two years before the first movie with sound was made. And from this movie, we got the very famous song, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And, you know, it's a song growing up everyone's heard. It's a song we all know and love. And it really transitions us well to the next segment of the show. And the point really try- I'm really trying to make with this segment is you know, the music of these movies sticks. It was made to be music that people either already knew or would stick with them. It's how they really sold the movies. It was the best advertisement, people going out and singing these things or humming these tunes from these movies. Back in the day, you know, movies were cheap. You spent a couple cents at the movie palace when you went to go see a movie. And yes, I mean Movie Palace. Movie studios actually used to own the theaters. It wasn't private individuals who owned them. And actually up until the United States versus Paramount Pictures case in the Supreme Court, the movie theaters did own, well, I mean the movie studios did own the movie theaters. And they would spend millions of dollars on these theaters. Millions of dollars. They were state-of-the-art for what they were. They had air conditioning. They had huge sitting rooms. They would have bars. They'd have child care. They were so elegantly decorated. And, you know, the height of these was during the Great Depression and right before it. It was the people, the average person's chance and opportunity to experience real luxury. And so the movies were a big deal. They would dress up to go to the movies. And it was a real big thing. But... You know, I, I said movies were only a couple cents, but they were popular. You know, some of the top-grossing silent films really brought in a lot of money. You know, the top-grossing silent film was The Birth of a Nation, and it aired originally in 1915, and it brought in $10 million. That's a lot of money by the standards back then. Today, that... I don't even know what that number would be, quite honestly. You also get A Big Parade, which was released in 1925 and brought in $6,400,000. You got Ben-Hur, which was, you know, one of the staple movies of the time. A lot of people who refer to silent movies actually make references to Ben-Hur, and you think of, like, his chariot race and things like that. If you've ever seen The Beverly Hillbillies, actually, the movie that Cousin Pearl is um, accompanying in that in that show from the time was Ben-Hur. And, you know, they talked about it, and its grossing cost, you know, was $5,500,000. And this just goes on and on and on. You get movies like 
The Gold Rush, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Ten Commandments. I mean, movies that you've probably heard of. I mean, you may not have realized what they were exactly or when they were released or what really they were, but you've most people have heard these names. Most people have heard of Ben-Hur, and most people have heard of The Birth of a Nation, or The Hunchback of Notre Dame, or The Wizard of Oz. They're movies that withstood the test of time, and so did their music. Really, so did their music. When these movies came out, they were accompanied one of three ways, really. If it was a really big movie palace, and they had a whole lot of money, they would have a full orchestra. Now, later in the development of these movie palaces and silent film accompaniment, you saw the you saw the invention of what became known as the Ralph Jones Unit Orchestra, which was what we know as the Mighty Wurlitzer Pipe Organ or Theater Organ. It's this organ that's made to be that whole symphony orchestra and has special sound effects it can do, like it can be a horse trotting or it has car horns. Things like that. And then in smaller p- movie palaces, or at this point, they'd really be just be picture shows or movie theaters. You just had the pianist and maybe an instrumentalist, maybe, maybe a singer, but normally it was just the pianist or later on even player piano roles they had made to accompany these films. But they really had to be in sync to work. But we'll, we'll, see an exa- we'll listen to an example of that later tonight of all of these things. But the first really good example of, you know, silent film accompaniment from this era I have is from somewhere, is from The Wizard of Oz, and it's somewhere over the rainbow. Enjoy.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from the University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello and thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host tonight, Corbin Starch. And if you're just joining us, thank you again for tuning in and welcome. We are continuing our Music of America series tonight, talking about the music of silent films and just movies in general, but you know, mainly focusing on the silent film era of music. If you have been listening in, you've heard musical selections from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. You've heard a selection from Star Wars, and then most recently you heard Somewhere Over the Rainbow from Wizard of Oz. You know, like I said before, most people didn't realize that was released originally as a silent movie in 1925. Now, our next piece that I'll be playing tonight is called Five Foot Two Eyes of Blue. And if you've ever gone to a big basketball game, you've probably heard it at that. I know some teams in the past have used it as music to be played during halftime shows and things like that, back when stadiums had live organists and musicians that played. You know, it was these songs from these movies, these different films, became very commonplace in day-to-day life. And before a lot of silent movies, they actually used to have sing-alongs. So before the, before the actual picture, you had a show in and of itself where the organist or the orchestra was doing sing-alongs, and the words would be on the screen, and you'd all sing along. It could be anything from hymns to patriotic music, Christmas music. It could be any kind of music. And it, it was songs people knew. I mean, could you imagine going to the movies nowadays and sitting with everyone around you and singing, you know, a, a Kesha song? Yeah, that was the equivalent of the time. They sang this popular music. They entertained themselves. They really got their money's worth out of the movies. It was it was a whole afternoon or evening event to go to the movies. It wasn't just the movie and home. There was more than just the movie in these programs. And, you know, I'd said originally that there were many different types of accompaniment to these silent films. The full orchestras and the bigger theaters, the theater organist in the average theater, and then, you know, just the pianist, the pianist or one extra musician, sometimes even, in these smaller rural or low-budget theaters. The first first film ever shown was by the Lumiere brothers, and it it showed on December 28th in 1895 in Paris in the Café Parisien, in the basement, they set up a sheet and a projector, and they played a film they had they had recorded there. You know, what's interesting is the first film ever produced was finished in 1888. So just in the last you know, 120 years, we've seen all of this advancement in film that we have today. That really isn't a lot of time. And even just within 10 to 15 years, in the beginning of film, there was a huge, huge jump in the technology that was available and the technology being used at the time. When movies first started being produced, they were hand-cranked reels. And you would be lucky if you got 24 frames per second. It was all dependent on how fast that cameraman could crank. Really, it was. And, you know, the same thing would be true of the playback at times. In these, in the early, early movie theaters, someone would have to crank the projector. And you would hope they could crank it at the speed of the movie. You know, now we don't think a thing of it. We can change how f- many frames per second we have in a movie. And it's nothing. But back then it was a totally different experience. And the same is true of the music of the movies and the experience in and of itself. But the first silent film was actually accompanied by a guitarist. 
So the first ever showing of a film anywhere was accompanied by a guitarist just improvising chords as the movie played in front of him. And that's how a lot of these silent films were accompanied. The scores, some films didn't have them. Other films did. But a lot of times these scores would get lost or condensed to the point they were unplayable and the organist or the musicians would just have to make up this music as they played. It was only really feasible to use the scores when you had a full orchestra. So you would have these theater organists playing for these movies who would just make it all up on the spot, right as they went, right as it was happening. You know, these musicians got to see the movie for days ahead of time, but they really were the top of their craft because these were paid musicians. They were paid only to accompany these movies. And they are some of the finest examples of American music we have today. And they've left people with such a lasting mark that to this day the craft is still tried to be recreated as well as it was back in the day. But like I said, our next piece is one of those songs from the movies that really stuck with people. And that's the Five Foot Two Eyes of Blue. I can't name what film it's from. It's been used in several. But I can tell you this, this version of it is played on the theater organ. And in it, I want you to listen for the different toys of the organ, the different sound effects that this unit orchestra or theater organ was known for. The really amazing tremulance on the instrument. You'll hear a car horn, a whistle, birds chirping. All of these were made by, all these sound effects were made by the organ. Now, in listening, I want you to remember this is a live recording, so the audience is laughing along to this. You know, this was recorded during a live performance. But it just shows you how the organ was used to accompany films and what its role was. And when you listen to this, you'll be able to kind of picture this woman the song is depicting in the film. This big, bustly woman. There's a part where you can tell where she's walking or where she's entered because the birds will chirp and whistle and the car horn will go off. And you'll know when it happens because you'll you'll be able to kind of associate those sounds with that happening in the music. The w- it was so well done, this piece, that it, it just is used as a standard to demonstrate silent film music. So sit back, listen, try to picture this, and enjoy Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello and thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. What you just heard was Five Foot Two Eyes Blue, you know, an accompaniment used in silent films. And in it, I hope you were able to kind of imagine the scene in a club or a theater where all these people are just rushing around for the show and this woman pops out and, you know, the men are watching and that's where you get the slide whistle and the police horn and car horn. And you can just kind of picture her walking and her, her making her presence known the way the music was played and the way the song really held itself. The music of these movies was made to set the emotions, set the standard, and really help convey the picture being presented. And really, the music did it. It did a great job. And Five Foot Two Eyes of Blue is a really fine example of silent film accompaniment at its best. Now, another really well-known piece used in silent movies is the Dam Busters March. And that really could have been used for any scene that had a real build-up. You know, these these bits became well-known within themselves for in different movies, you know, organists each had their own style, and they had pieces they became known for. And this is one of those that this was part of the true style of silent film. You had this, you know, kind of slow start or build up or stringy effect until it just built up to this whole big thing. And in a lot of movies, that was the climax that happened in the movie. So hopefully with this next piece, you're able to, you know, kind of build that own climax up in your head. So here it is, the Dam Busters March.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall, here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm very sorry for the technical error in that last song. It actually cut itself off short, and so we missed the grand finale of the chord at the end that happens in that song. But I hope in the piece you were able to feel, you know, just the day-to-day work or the day-to-day life that the song starts to convey until it builds up to that grand, grand end. Now, in silent music and silent movie accompaniment, there was one other type of film accompaniment that came later, and that was with the use of the player piano, and they just had what were called mood rolls. And we have an example of a mood roll for you, and in it we have the music for a scene that's hurried, music for a scene that's bright, and then music for a chase scene. So hopefully you'll be able to hear each of these three styles in this next piece. Enjoy. Thank you. 
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from the University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. If you're just now joining us, I'm sorry, but you've reached we've reached the end of our hour here. And if you've been listening with us tonight, thank you so much. We always appreciate our listeners. I'd just like to remind everyone that we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash from the concert hall. And if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, you can always find them on iTunes. We podcast all of our episodes. Feel free to like us on Facebook, send us a message, give us feedback from our Facebook. You can also find our Twitter and our Instagram accounts. Like us and follow us on there. We love feedback. You know, it's why we do the show. It's always a privilege to sit and learn and grow with you for another hour, but sadly we're at the end of this one. Another, another day has passed. And to play us out and the traditional silent film style, we have them good old battle days, which is a piece that would have been played as the theater organ lowered into its little pit. They were on hydraulic lifts and they would go up and down at the start of the movie and lower at the end. So we're at the end and we're playing ourselves out. And this is the note we go out on tonight with them good old battle days. Thank you and have a great night.